This is episode 23 of the Walk Magazine podcast. Walk with me. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. I'm Cindy Lehman, and I have a question for all of you. Would you walk for 12 straight hours just to see how far you could go? If the answer is yes, would you do it on a loop just a little longer than one mile? Well, that's exactly what Columbus Marathon director Darius Blackford did about a month ago while his wife Star ran for the same 12 hours. When you see someone walking who is known to be a runner, you get a little curious. And when you find out they walk for 12 straight hours for the fun of it? Well, here's my conversation with Darius to explain why. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. Hi, Darius. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, a lot of people know you as the race director of the Columbus Marathon, and you're also a pretty accomplished runner. What kind of running do you do? You know, I've, I've, I, basically have done just about every different distance and and a lot of events around the country and even some uh, in other countries and um, I just was fortunate that I found you know running to come not come naturally by any means but I just is something I enjoyed actually got into it when I was in high school for football and you know if if you know me you you know by my massive physique that that really was the direction <laughs> I should have gone all along was football but no seriously it uh I wish uh the, the big one of my regrets in life is I didn't follow my brother who was two years younger and he was a runner in junior high and high school and I didn't do track or cross country and I always wish I had that uh, was one of those regrets instead I followed my friends into football and and we know how that worked out. So anyway, but, um, but no, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. I actually got into running as a walker. Um, I got into it when I was a, very young. I got into walking um, back in, back in the day, the old um, March of Dimes, uh, 20 mile walk. I did that in school. I'd raise money and go for the 20 mile walk. And I had, a, had an aunt and my grandmother, they lived together, my mom's sister and, um, and, and my mom's mom. And we spent a lot of time with them, my brother and I, and we, they were just prolific walkers and hikers. We went and did all the, up in Northeast Ohio, we did all the, visited the parks and got all the little badges on our, on our wooden walking stick uh, every year. And we, we, we would go, it was not unusual to walk from their home, um, which was, it was in Akron, it was kind of outside of town. We'd walk downtown and back, which was, you know, 10 or 12 mile walk. And we were kids and we were eight and nine years old and we'd go for these walks with them and it was great. So, so I've always, uh, actually when I got into running, I started by walking. Uh, I was, uh, I was in college and I, I was not going to give up my love of barbecue and other food and in general eating and probably overeating. And so I started gaining weight and I'm like, well, I'm going to try to do something. So I went on, start, started getting into long distance walking, go for a five mile walk, 10 mile walk. And then that just progressed into running. It, I just just tried it because my brother was a runner and I enjoyed it. And and uh, but I love walking. I uh, just there's so much for me mentally that's different from running. When I run, I, even on a regular go out for a five mile run, I always feel like I'm competing with myself and or fi- finding out how uncomfortable I feel. But with walking, I, I love the feeling. I never, I, when I go out for a walk, I don't feel like I'm trying to compete. I'm trying to enjoy. And I hate cold weather. And one thing I love about walking is I can overdress and not really reach the point where I'm really uncomfortable with, with, with uh, over, overheating and things like that. With, whereas with running, I overdress when I leave the house and 10 minutes later, I'm uncomfortable. So there's a lot to me that I enjoy about walking. I know that's a long answer for you, but. Well, and the other thing is if you underdress when you're walking, you might not get warm enough to be comfortable either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's very true. Very true. Well, that actually really surprises me. I just assumed you had always been a runner. So last weekend I was at Antrim Park and I happened to see you and your wife star and you were, you were doing loops around the park and, and Star was also, 
And I found out later that you guys had created your own event. So what was this event? (laughs) So the the, the event, so basically we are known for putting on little made up events Um, back in 2007. I think it was, or two, if you remember the Olympics that were in Athens, I think that must have been 2004, and the guy um, who was in the lead from Brazil was in the marathon, was tackled, uh, knocked out of the race by the defrocked uh, Irish priest. Um, His name is Vanderlei de Lima, was the runner, and he's from Brazil. He ended up getting third place, and he ended up winning a special medal for humanitarian uh, activities basically because of the fact he was so, you know, he got knocked out of the Olympics in the lead and ended up uh, proving uh, that he was a able athlete to continue on. But we created a fun little event in honor of him um, a couple of years later called the Vanderlei de Lima 50 miler uh, festival of races. It was a made up event. This is before I became race director. This was just a fun thing we did in the, in that summer on July 4th of whatever year that was. And we did, uh, the, uh, myself and my wife, Star, and two other friends did a 50-mile kind of a endurance run, walk type of event to honor him. And then we did it for three years in honor of the fact that he, was, he only made third place. And we did it for three years, and we added different events and different distances so people could join us for a five-mile walk or a 15-mile run or whatever. And then we, um, you could only get third place. No one, no one could win. So we, it was all about this just fun little thing. And actually, uh, the, it was, just, it just got really weird. The, the old, the, the, the race director for the Columbus Marathon, who I ended up taking over for, Scott Weaver, actually met Vanderlei de Lima in Brazil and got a, um, got some, got his autograph and got a keychain signed for us, which I still have. And he told him the story, and it just got really weird. But anyway, but from there. Um, Star, my wife, is a very, very accomplished uh, endurance runner. She's actually better than me when it comes to the distances, uh, long distances and ultra marathons. She has the family PR, and she did. We both did the Badwater uh, uh, 135 in Death Valley a number of years ago, and she actually beat me by five hours, and you know that was on different years. And she's just got this this talent, and she's very smart because she goes out very conservatively at Badwater. She was in last place for miles and miles and miles. And she ended up getting, uh, she was the fifth woman overall at the end. And she just did very, very well because she's just smart and, and, and goes about things steady. And, and in those types of long distance events, you have to be smart about it. Whereas I'm not, I'm, I'm too aggressive and I overheat and everything else that, that happens in these things. So she wanted to always do a, um, a 12-hour or a 24-hour um, loop event. They have these uh, long-distance events where they're on a track or on a one-mile course versus uh, versus um, an ultramarathon that might be over 100 miles or 50 miles, but might be a point-to-point or maybe like up at Mohican State Park, the event there, the loops are 25 miles. So she's, she wanted to do one that was on these um, uh, that, that are out there that are a track which like, for example, there's one in Arizona in typically in December that's on a 400 meter track um, that's 12 hour, 24 hour. And then there's some, there's like the North, uh, there's one up in Northeast Ohio, which I think is um, uh, the 24 hour championship for the USATF, it which is, is um, on a one mile loop course. So, yep. so, you know, she's thinking to herself, well, if I'm going to do this, I should probably try, try one to see if I like it. So she envisioned doing this at Antrim Lake, and she set it all up. This is in the summer. She starts her training, and she asked me what I think about it. And I thought, well, you know, Antrim Lake in and of itself is very important to us. That's where we were married uh, 16 years ago, This, this uh, uh, just, just last, uh, last month, so in September of uh, 2000, uh, 2004. And we... Um, Love the lake. We run. I live just off the path, so we we I pretty much run there, run on the trail or up at a lake nearly every day. And so I thought, well, I think I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to run. I have no desire right now during the pandemic to to put myself into something that I've done, and I know I'm going to get frustrated, and I'm going to just probably quit halfway through anyway because I 
gets angry at these events, especially when she's doing well, because we're a little competitive. (laughs) She's always smart, goes out steady, and then ends up passing me, and I get frustrated, and I decide it's more fun to watch her finish than it is to worry about myself. And then uh, I thought, but I've always wanted to try to walk one of these. I like walking. It's enjoyable to me. And so I I didn't know if I would ever try to take on a a 100-miler, but I thought a 50-miler certainly would be uh, attainable. Uh, to, to, to walk one of the 50-mile races. So I got ready and started training just like she was training. I was uh, building up. Uh, during the week, I would uh, go in the afternoon for a, for an hour walk um, up to the lake or close to the lake and back uh, that I could get. And then on weekends, I was doing a two-hour walk. Then I got up to three hours, and i go back to two hours. Then I eventually got uh, – I did a six-hour walk uh, two weeks before um, October 3rd. Uh, so so wow. one of the weeks in September, I got – I did a – I tried a six-hour walk, and it um, it felt good. I felt – I felt that it was working for me, and I had some experience at walking um, in, in a bad way. So if you remember uh, a couple years ago, we were – we were um, – uh, not forced. The city didn't force us to, to move the, the, the Columbus Marathon time limit to six hours, but they urged us to because the problem was the city and some of the communities we were going through were having problems with us keeping the roads closed. So we, uh, for one year, I think one or two years, we actually ended up moving it back to six and a half hours, uh, which is which worked really well, which is which I think was where we'll stay, but I'm a little off track here. But um, <laughs> when we moved it to six hours, before we did that, I was not about to ask anybody to do something I couldn't do. So I went out on a Saturday by myself in July of, of whatever year it was, 2000 and I don't know, 16, 17, whatever year we made the change. And I walked, it was a Sunday, and I walked the course by myself. I had a backpack with a with a, um, what are they called, a hydration pack, and I had snacks and things like that, and I parked my car at the start line, and I set out and walked the whole course, and, um, and that was tough because it was, the roads were open, so I was, you know, I was kind of forced <laughs> on the side of the street, and I had to wait for traffic lights, and I didn't have restrooms. Thankfully, there were construction sites all along, so at two places, I ended up dashing into a portable bathroom that was uh, just happened to be, you know, at a, at a good location on the course at a construction site, and I made it under six hours, and I was miserable for a week. I couldn't walk hardly uh, in terms of just function. I was so sore because the muscles, I didn't train myself. The muscles are so different. They're, they're all the same muscles in our legs, but you utilize them in different ways as I learned. So Absolutely. when I prepared for the, um, I mean, as you well know, it's a totally different, um, everything was different and I was sore and my back was hurt and everything else. So I knew I had to prepare. And that's where I did the, the smart thing by doing the one hour a couple times during the week and then doing the two hours and build up the six hours. So I felt ready. So we uh, we went to Antrim um, on uh, October 3rd, and at, at 7 a.m. or at 6.55, like we did for the Vanderlei de Lima back uh, when we did that 50-miler, we started with the national anthem. That was on, it was on our phone, <laughs> just the two of us in the parking lot. And But this is the kind of weird, fun stuff that only people that do this, you know, running or walking, uh, enjoy the these these hobbies maybe understand so we did the anthem and we had set a cooler up uh we we stashed it under some bushes right by the lake um and it had gatorade and some food and some snacks and and we set out from the parking lot which is the same parking lot where she walked when we were married you know she walked (laughs) under the 315 bridge in her wedding gown and we walked under the bridge uh or i walked under she ran under the bridge uh for the, for the event. And we set out, um, we started counterclockwise and we did two hours in one direction and then two hours, uh, in the opposite direction. And it was, it was really a challenging, a very fun, but challenging event. Um, we learned a lot about, uh, learned a lot about the lake. Um, <laughs> counter, counterclockwise is much easier because you're able to take the high road there around the lake. The, the path is set up where you're, if you stay on the right side, the trail is such around the lake, the gravel path, that, that um, you're walking along the tree line is relatively flat um, surface. Now, now, it's got a little undulation on it, 
on, on around that backside of the lake. Uh, but uh, the overall um, terrain is pretty flat, the, the ground. But when you have to go clockwise, there's an the uh, the the trail has a slope, and and you really to observe the right of way of other people who are who are, are go who are going counterclockwise. You have to kind of stay down on the, on the lower part, and it's tough. It's the 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 banking is pretty steep, and there's some ruts from the rain that have been dug yeah. into it. And I actually think, to, as an aside, Rec and Park or Metro Parks, they're going to have to either regrade that or put in a retaining wall for that for that trail before too long because uh to for people to enjoy it because it's it's getting pretty sloped which was tough on those loops going counterclockwise you i could feel my feet slipping i didn't get blisters but it felt like i was getting blisters and you were almost climbing up a couple times you had a couple spaces i actually felt like i had to climb up towards the center or up towards the higher part just so I could make it around because it was, it was pretty rough, but um, we got to see the whole day there. We got to see people in the morning and, the, and people who were fishing and the early walkers and runners. And then it kind of transitioned a little bit into the, um, the families started arriving with their kids. And then some people um, uh, would, would walk in the afternoon. The wreck and park came with, with uh, canoes or some type of activity that they were doing. I don't know if they were, uh, it was adults, but um, they were basically doing something with canoes in the lake. We saw some people handing out religious tracts later in the <laughs> afternoon. Then we saw the afternoon or the later evening walkers. Um, some people, one guy was fishing the whole day. I think he started at 8 or 9 a.m. and he left at 7. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was just a neat, a neat dynamic to see this part of our world here in Columbus kind of change throughout the day, the shadows and the lights. Uh, so... I had one break. Um, we realized earlier in the week that uh, we had to make some accommodation because we have a dog and we live uh, two and a half miles from the lake on Henderson Road and she was going to have to be let out at some point. 12 hours, she's pretty good for eight hours, but 12 hours is a long time to ask her to stay in the house and not get let out. So the solution was at noon, I left the lake and walked home. I walked down the tr bike trail two and a half miles home let the dog out, actually took her for a walk, kept my watch going. So that included in the walking time for me because the clock wasn't going to stop for us. And then I put her back in the house and walked back to the lake. So I kind of got a, a break, which I needed from that, uh, from those loops. Well, Star, about when I got back from, from that part, about 1.30, uh, 1.45, uh, she caught up to me at one point and she didn't look good. Her eyes were glazed and she was feeling the effects of that loop. And she said, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the trail. I'm going to run up north to um, the tennis court up there at Worthington and back and see if I can recalibrate because I'm just getting lightheaded and I'm just getting a little nauseous. And it's not that you're doing a, 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 a loop or centripetal, but you know, still the one, the, the seeing the same thing for her every 10 or 12 minutes was just getting a little bit, a little bit dizzying. She left the trail, went, ran north uh, two, two miles, two and a half miles, came back to the trail, recalibrated, and was great the rest of the day. And it, um, but that was the only challenge, only glitch in our, in our plan was, was that for her. And um, otherwise, we kept it up. And, and she, of course, I knew she would do well. She ran 67 miles in 12 wow. hours, which is about a 1040 pace. Uh, 10, 1030, 1040. And I walked the whole way, uh, average 1330 something, average nice. 53 miles and was just uh, very pleased. I, I, I had wanted to try to do 50 miles. It was kind of the honor. Uh, I don't know if you read my write up, but um, the whole JFK 50 miler, which was started in the year I was born in 1963, which was a challenge that uh, President Kennedy put out to the Marines at, at the time to be able to hike 50 miles in under 20 hours. Now, they, again, it's a little different. They were probably wearing packs and army or military boots and things like that, and I wasn't. So I set out a little different goal. I wanted to see if I could go 50 miles in 12 hours. And the start, I had the question, if I don't get to 50, but I'm at 45 or 47, I'm going to keep going until I get to 50, even if I go over 12 hours. But <laughs> it worked out for me where I was able to uh, achieve the um, achieve the goal that I had set out. And more importantly, it just was a, it was just fun in, in this day of of 
COVID and trying to respect the um, the rules and not going out to public places or anything like that. Having a little diversion in 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 our hobby, in our in our interest wheelhouse, was really fun for us, and uh, we were safe. We were certainly we were away from people because nobody wanted to spend any time with us like that for uh, for that long. So that's the that's the long and the short of it. A thirteen thirty pace is amazing for for that amount of time. I know a lot of people who've been walking all the time that can't maintain that for a half marathon. Yeah, I know. I just I was I I well you you know you told me you saw me and you I was pretty deliberate about it. I didn't do the whole I don't know how to race walk style. I don't know that that to me is a complete it's amazing when I find out when I see what people do as race walkers and you know I mean the 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 the, the whole performance of that is amazing um but I was very very deliberate in my in my approach my, I was walking hard and I was um the other thing is unlike running I um my aid stops uh, at the cooler were pretty quick I didn't burn a lot of time I was able to get in and grab a bottle of Gatorade and carry it with me or grab a snack bag that I put together and carry it with me versus running. A lot of times you go to an aid station at an, at an event and you eat and you, you, you know, you make sure you've got it down. You don't carry your drink with you in your hand because it's just sloshing around and, and it's hard to drink on the run. But, uh, but walking provided me the opportunity to grab and go. So I didn't burn a lot of time in the, um, in, in, in that respect. But it's still, I was, I was working hard. I will not say it was easy. I, um, I pushed it, and I think um, the training helped me. The preparation helped me. I was able to um, uh, condition myself uh, over the summer to, to be prepared to do something like that. And I just was blessed. The, the, the other thing was we were blessed with a beautiful day. I mean, the weather was fantastic. It never, I don't think it ever got at the even 70. And it was cooler at the lake, and there was not a lot of wind just a nice breeze so overall it was a very everything just came together the weather was perfect when we were out there and I saw you I was thinking that it was a great day for being there it wasn't like you said it wasn't windy and sometimes it can be pretty cold there so it really was a great day yeah now when we saw you was somewhere around nine I think nine Mm o'clock and I thought man I've never seen Darius walk before (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Someone else said that to me too. I got to the I got to the deck one time and there was a group there stretching and and, and uh someone called out to me. I've never seen you walking before. <laughs> and and I and and it's funny cuz I ran into people when I was doing my training over over recent weeks and and they would see me and ask me if I was okay. You know, are you hurt? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm doing this on purpose. And and it really kind of bothered me because because of the respect I have for walking, because of the fact that I started as a walker as a young as a kid, and I even got into it later, you know, when I before running, it's there is it's not a either or. It's it's a it's not only is it an accomplishment in and of itself, but it's also really enjoyable. And I I think people that run for some reason think like, well, I'm not running, so I have to walk. No, it, it's 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 a good thing. It's it's a totally different approach to health and wellness. And in some respects, I find it more enjoyable because I can take in more of the sights. I can see things. I can notice things. And I'm still getting, I'm still getting such a great benefit for my health. The, if, if you're looking at it from a health standpoint, you're still burning the same number of calories um, uh, each mile. It just takes you, it might take you longer to reach from point A to point B, but there's also the, the, um, the lack of, um, I don't know if it's a fair to say it's a lack of of, um, of wearing down your your muscles or your joints. It's a different type of thing because again, you can get just as sore and just as um, tired from walking as you can from running. It's just a different um, the different use of different muscles. So there there's I think there's equal benefit. There's equal percentage of benefits. The benefits might be different, but I still think you can get some great benefits. I agree. The other thing you talked about was fuel. So what did you eat while you were doing this 12 mile or 12 hour walk? Well, even going back to when I first started, uh, when, when I was in college and just getting, I just graduated from college and I wasn't going to give up the fact that I'm a, a huge snacker. I love to snack. 
and I even had a uh, star and I in, in the winter. We had a little snack time, little video thing we were doing on online, uh, introducing different terrible snacks for you because that's why I run and, and walk is because I'm not going to give up my snacks. So I pretty much didn't follow any good rules. I um, uh, started off and I, I did do, I did do uh, full strength Gatorade. I didn't do, I didn't do low calorie or anything like that. I just did Gatorade out of a bottle. Um, and then I, um, uh, uh, what did I have? I had some um, tortilla chips for some salt and I had some cheese puffs because I could. And it's just, I, I found it funny. When I walked home to, to let the dog out, I, I carried a bag of cheese puffs. Uh, in, in part because it was just, for, for me, it was silly and it was fun. It was just something to eat. And if somebody saw me, it would have been all the better because I was able to walk and eat cheese puffs. Um, I had, um, uh, what else did I eat? Um, I had I had some cookies packed. I had a sandwich packed. Uh, oh, um, my go-to was ramen noodles. I packed a, um, a um, uh, an insulated one of the Yeti um, uh, drink <laughs> things, like a 20-ounce Yeti, um, what do you call it, uh, insulated uh, drinking, uh, not a cup, but it's like a little thermos. Yeah. And I, I, I had pre-made some ramen noodles and uh, with super hot, uh, you know, boiling, cooked them, and so put them in there. And then when I when I got uh, and I packed a fork and I packed the uh, uh, <laughs> the uh, the cooler or packed the insulated um, drink carrier in the cooler. And so when I opened it up, they were they stayed hot all day. And I I had two packs of those. They were great. <laughs> they were the salt was great, but the but the but the calories were great. And I was pretty uh, pretty satisfied with that. And and it, my my stomach never got upset. I also eat ramen noodles all the time, so it's it's it, for me it wasn't anything unusual. I really didn't. Uh, so I, th the last thing I did try is I had some red vine uh, licorice, <laughs> and I only could eat two of those. Uh, I had a whole packet of them, but um, I could only eat two. The sugar I actually could feel the sugar uh, getting me a little bit over over sugared. And and then I had a bag of candy, which was some dots and some gummies. I just kind of a hodgepodge that I kind of always carry with me, whether I'm running or walking. I've always got candy with me, and uh, and those were great too. The sugar was different than than the red vines for some reason, but um, uh, so nutritionally I was fine. The only concern, and and this is something I just didn't expect, uh, but I noticed it in training and again uh, on the uh, on the walk um, the, the the 12 hour. My hands um, uh, would get swelled up. Now, I know about hyponatremia where if you have too much liquid, too much water in particular, it's, it's a syndrome that basically you can overhydrate and you basically you're, you, can, you, can, you can get puffy. If you're, if you're not careful and you overhydrate, you can really wash out the nutrients in your system, particularly if you're just doing water. That's why they recommend don't just drink water if you're doing a long-distance event. You've got to balance it out with some sugar, some carbohydrates, or some salts to just, just to not throw off your, your body's equilibrium. And both, uh, in particular, the 6-hour and the 12-hour, um, my hands uh, started to swell. And, and I don't know if it's because I kept my hands more at my sides than, than when I run. My, my arms are up a little bit higher, but I was able to adjust and um, – back off my fluids and my hands didn't get as swelled up in the 12 hour, but the six hour, I really noticed it. So I don't know if that's something that, that, that you have any thoughts on, or that's something you've ever noticed just from holding your hands lower, or if I really did just overhydrate. I think it was from the way you were holding your arms. In fact, when you were walking by, I noticed you were swinging your arms and swinging yep. them with a long arc and that pushes yep. all the fluid to your fingers. Yeah, when you're running, your elbows are bent, so you're not doing that. And when you walk fast with your elbows bent, that doesn't happen either. Yeah, well, that's and, and the fact that you noticed it from from my posture, from my stride, or my uh, how I was walking, it, yeah. and so definitely learned something. But uh, it wasn't to the point where I was reaching. You know, I wasn't reaching the point where I was getting uh, concerned about my health. Um, I just realized that you know. I um, just need to be aware of it in case it is something worse than yeah. you know, like a, like some type of hyponatremia, but uh, overall and it's uncomfortable. It something. 
it's it is really uncomfortable. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can feel your, you know, like, oh, I yeah. didn't notice it. I felt it before I looked at my hands. I didn't look at my hands and say, oh, they look puffy. I was like, boy, my hands feel kind of weird. And then I looked and and so, but uh, but it was it's it was just. Uh, so mentally, too, for us during this time of just isolation and trying to be careful, we needed something different and just something fun and silly. And we were able to laugh at ourselves and, and have fun with something that was different, it, which, which is, again, part of our hobby, part of our, our, um, our interests. And, uh, and it, was, it was a fun way to spend a Saturday. I'm not sure I could I could think of walking for 12 straight hours as being fun, but <laughs> but then I have done yeah. full marathons, and that's half that amount of time for me. Exactly, exactly. So it's you know we all we all just look for something different that we're going to enjoy, and and Star saying she's thinking of doing another one. I probably will end up doing something. I don't know if 12 hour. I I was I had I told myself if I get to nine hours. The, the six hour to nine hour window was really my 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 mental danger zone. I just felt like at three quarters I was either going to be all in or I was going to quit. And this was before I even started. And when I got to nine hours and it was four o'clock, I felt I felt good. I felt the lake and the scenery had changed enough, and 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 then I was just going to make the push to to go for it. So I I certainly think I would 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 I definitely do six hour again. I enjoyed that. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be incorporating that into my my fitness and health and wellness uh, throughout the winter, just because I it was a great mental break just to go and just having no obligation for six hours, but taking a walk was just great for me. I really enjoyed that. I don't think I could do it on a loop. Well, that's the other thing. I'm. <laughs> I think I'm going to walk from my house downtown uh, and back, and maybe up north to the tennis court or up to Hills Market and back, or something like that. The loop, the lake, it's, it's, <laughs> it is safe, and that was one thing that was nice. But it also, you felt. I personally felt, and and as did Star, we felt a little bit obligated to be um, to to stay away, not just because of the pandemic. But we wanted to give people a lot of space. But when you do that, you ended up being forced to the lower parts of the trail. And it got to be a little bit of a nuisance where I just wish people weren't around so I could take the high road. And I think I'd like to go somewhere where I didn't have to worry about other people. And that trail, again, it was a beautiful day and it is still summer-ish. You know, it's autumn, but the weather was beautiful. So there were a lot of people enjoying the trail. I think if we did it in the wintertime or or you know, November, December, I think we'd have a lot more, um, a lot more of it to ourselves, which, uh, which, oh, yeah. which might be nice. It was, it got, yeah. it was such a beautiful day and I can't, uh, there was, everybody seemed to be out there in the afternoon. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I hate that inside part of the trail and I usually go around the exact same way all the time just to avoid that. Mm-hmm. But I'm usually only going around four times max. After that, I can't do a loop any longer. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's an hour. So you've got only 11 to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's also part of the reason why I like Sharon Woods, because the loop is four miles. And so you do four loops there and you've got a 20 mile or you have 16 miles in. That's pretty good. That's where I that did all actually, my marathon training. I think I may have to propose that to Star because that, that you're right. I love Sharon Woods. Actually, when I first moved to Columbus, uh, back in 91, that's where I ran. And that's a great compromise. I think it's fair that she takes on my idea now at Sharon Woods. Good. I, that's a, that's a keep you updated on that. That's a great approach. I love that park. It's, it's, it's great. The only problem there are the hills. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But it, uh, it is, uh, it, it's at least it does change. And, and like you said, four miles is, is, is a, um, it's a it's a big enough chunk where you feel like you're accomplishing something and you're not getting um, over you know uh, the dizzy factor no longer no longer happens. And and you can keep your fuel at your car and you can get to it and there's a restroom and it's great for long That's distance great. training. Yeah. 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 No. Thank you for that suggestion. I'll have to see if we end up doing that. So from this 12 mile walk, what do you think that you learned? I felt really, I felt a huge sense of accomplishment. 
for 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 taking on a challenge and something that this is one this is something I've really wanted to do for a long long time and I just felt that um I I I really learned that um I I learned I still have a uh a, a, an internal competitive uh fire where I could go out and set a goal and do something and and achieve it and that felt really uh uplifting and for me it really connected me back you know i um gosh i'm oh, i'm gonna get a little emotional i um my aunt and my grandmother who who really instilled in me the walking uh and the love for for, for nature uh they're both gone and that really um wow i'm uh I'm really this is I'm really choked up, but it but it really connected me to them and 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 to to my past as a being you know growing up. My mom actually she's still she's still around and she still walks and not as prolific as my aunt and grandmother. They were they were one of a kind. They they uh, my aunt lived with my grandmother and and they just uh, <laughs> walking and movies. They would go to a movie like. Oh my gosh, two or three movies a week, and they would go for long walks, and 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 this instilled in me that that love for it. So it was really kind of a, a connection there, and I just uh, I'm glad I haven't lost that. So if anything, I think what I learned is I still have that uh, that love for them and that love for uh, for something that was uh, has always been important to me, and uh, I, I think what it did for me it reinvigorated this um, this love that I'm going to keep it up. I, I'm 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 uh, I just uh, actually before before we uh, before we start talking, uh, I actually had uh, set my weekend and uh, uh, I'm going to go out for another long uh, at least uh, at least a couple hours on Sunday, uh, just because it's uh, it's just uh, it, it's given me a mental uh, a, a a place now in my mind that I'm really glad to go back to and I and I hope to go back at least uh, at least every week if not a uh, couple times a week so, then that's uh. I think I've learned some. I think I've learned some lessons that uh, I, uh, the places that I've been are places I want to go back to. You've actually really inspired me. I have. I've not gone more than four miles in in months, and luckily, and lately, if I get two miles in a day, I think I'm really, really lucky. But um, yeah, I think I might. I'm inspired. I'm going to see if I can walk a little bit longer now, and and. And get my mind straight too, because this is—it's really hard being home all day, working from home. <laughs> it is, and and I am. That makes me so happy because because I I told Star, I said I I really want to share this this story with Cindy, and I didn't expect to be able to talk to you like this, <laughs> but you inspire me, and I was so happy. I wanted to tell you when I saw you when I was walking. I wanted to tell you the whole story, what we were doing. But, you know, clearly I didn't have – I first of all, I said to myself, you know what, that's not fair to take her time away. Uh, you know, I didn't know – you said that was your sister, yeah. but um, I didn't know who you were walking with. I said, no, you know what, it's not about – don't make it about you. Just let her enjoy her walk. <laughs> and – but I – that you've inspired me just through your walking and through your your your, your um, uh, dedication to it. And I was honored when you uh, – when you even just said hello to me when I was out doing that, and then the fact that I could talk to you more about it, I'm I'm I'm, I'm pleased. So to hear that it uh, it made even a little impact is great. And hopefully someone else will get out and and either continue their walking or take it up because it is it's just a lot of fun. It just makes you feel good. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. We actually were worried that oh, I was actually worried that we were bothering you because you looked so focused. <laughs> I know that was terrible. I, uh, I, that's that's the one thing. I, uh, that's also what I got from my aunt. I mean, she in particular. My grandmother was uh, one. Uh, she was just a kind and sweet, you know. But my aunt was pretty darn competitive uh, person, and and so she instilled that in 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 me as well. So and not that my mom and dad aren't great people, but uh, my aunt Judy was just she was one of a kind. Well, not to change the subject too dramatically, but do you want to talk anything about the Columbus Marathon and and what you have planned for the future since it was canceled this year? You know, honestly, I mean, I can I can say that I don't really know. Um, okay. We are 
closely watching what's going on in in in, in the industry and in the world of long distance events. Uh, uh, the Cap City Half Marathon just announced uh, they opened up their registration for April, and that's great, but I'm not really sure um, that April is going to be any better than, than today. And I'm just watching what's going on with um, uh, different races. Uh, I saw the, uh, the Tokyo Marathon just has announced uh, this week that they're, going, that they're moving to the fall of 2021. So now okay. that makes... Um, that now makes for fall of 2021 potentially Chicago, New York, um, London, uh, Tokyo. All that leaves left is uh, oh, and Berlin. <laughs> so that only oh, leaves the Boston Marathon as one of the six marathon majors uh, to decide what they're going to do. And they haven't opened registration yet for uh, for 2021 yet. So my prediction is they're probably going to go in the fall as well and just make it a sweep, uh, do what everybody else is doing. The um, uh, some of the races that I like to watch uh, are the Houston Marathon, which is in January, and they've already they've already canceled for uh, 2021. Uh, the Big Sur Marathon, which is typically in April, uh, they've already moved to 2022. Um, they've canceled for 2021. Um, so it's going to be an interesting time between now and uh, February. I think we're going to see decisions being made for the spring. Of, um, of the different regional races, the Pittsburghs, the Clevelands, uh, um, the other races that are uh, that we consider kind of our contemporaries uh, in, in, in the area um, to see what uh, ha- Grandma's Marathon up in Duluth, Minnesota, uh, which is typically in June. Uh, they're, they're, they're on right now, but they've scaled back the size of their field. So I think once all these races either either go forward and happen or make their changes and, and end up having to postpone again, um, that's going to indicate what we have. We're, decisions won't be made, certainly, until the spring. We, we've got the luxury of being able to wait until spring uh, to open up registration and, and still be able to put on a, the event, make the budget, do the things we need to do uh, because we're a fall event. Um, but I don't think decisions are going to be made until we see what's going Really, I guess I should say, to back it up one step, it doesn't matter what other races do. The pandemic and, and the virus is going to decide what we do. And if it continues to be bad, those other races can try all they want to, to, to move forward. But the ultimate decision is the, the virus. And if it doesn't want us to go forward, we're not going to go forward. So, um but it's uh, I even said this last time when we were making decisions um, in the summer, uh, when people were asking what was going to happen, we did have a luxury of being a, uh, a fall event uh, that we had time. So we still have time. We're a year out from, from 2021 uh, of October that, that decisions don't have to be made yet. We can really wait to see what, what happens here with, uh, with the election, with the virus, with all the stuff that's going on here in the world, once we get things sorted out, um, I think springtime is going to be decisions for a lot of folks, um, uh, and we'll, we'll know a little bit. We'll know a little bit more. But uh, we were very blessed that um, uh, the, the the board with the marathon, you know, being a nonprofit, uh, having a board that really has taken a conservative approach uh, in terms of all the things that we've done including being able to to ride out the storm and give everybody their money back as opposed to uh, do anything like a deferral or, or, or give partial money back or anything like that. It's just to, to have a clean slate going forward puts us in a really good position that if we aren't able to go forward in 2021, we don't have to, to break promises to people that, well, now you got to wait until 2022 to redeem your your entry, or or you know we're going to need money, you know whatever. We're kind of just in a in a good holding pattern that we can just wait out things, and and make the best decisions on behalf of the health and and safety of everybody. So, it's just that's a that's a long answer to uh, to to we don't know yet, but uh, um, it, it's it's tough. It uh, these things are going through changes anyway as 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 events you know i have always said that that i'm not sure our event would have been able to to keep the same um impact as a long distance community event if we hadn't partnered with the hospital back in 2012 
uh, for to help Children's Hospital, and that's because Columbus is a great town, but it's also a growing town, and these events are are they're they're a nuisance to, to to some people. They close streets, they make noise, they they're just they're in the way, and um, as the as the city continues to develop and grow, you just follow our course and look at all the new development and businesses and housing and all that along our course. That that if we hadn't had that that goodwill partnership, I'm not sure that the city and community would have continued to allow us to 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 do what we do. So, you know, now with the pandemic and all that, we're not able to just decide things on our own. We have to follow the strict rules and all that for safety and health and wellness, not just of the athletes, but really of the community. So, you know, we can never be selfish. We always have to be following what's going to be best for, for all the constituents involved, whether it's uh, those who are going to do the event or those who are going to be, um, whose, whose neighborhoods are going to be affected by it. So it's, uh, there's a lot there's a lot to it that goes into it, but I think we're in a good position to to wait it out for a little bit longer. I know that you got a lot of grief from people about not deferring or doing virtual, but from the way you described it, this sounds like so much mentally easier for you and the board to just let it go and see what happens rather rather than what you said, maybe breaking promises next year. Yeah, you know, and that and that and that's true, but that wasn't the the the, the goal was never to think about it's what's easiest for us because it's hard to give up that money. A lot of races have banked the money, and they're gonna you know let's say you put away you know let's say however much you know however much you ended up having from your from your um, registration, if you deferred, it's probably unlikely that that a hundred percent of those people that deferred to the next year are going to come back. So you're pretty you're making a little bit of money off the fact that maybe three quarters or half. Um, are going to come back, meaning, meaning, you know, whatever percent don't come back, that's money that's really in your coffers. And so that's a, you know, that's a benefit in that respect. But, but from our standpoint, it, the fact that it was easier for us on numerically and all that, it really came down to people are struggling. I mean, if you paid $75 or, uh, for the marathon or $60 for the marathon for the early bird, or, or you went on later and registered in, you know, up until I forget how far we got into registration before we stopped it. But, you know, let's say somebody paid 85 or $90 and they lost their job or they got their hours cut or whatever. You know, that's money that it's really nice to get back. And that was the that was what really did it for us is it wasn't fair when people were struggling, even some, we don't know which ones were struggling of the thousands that had signed up, but it was certainly safe to say that there were some that were struggling, that to give them their money back was just a nice thing to do. Then they could make a decision if they wanted to use it for a race next year or they needed it for whatever. That was, that was on them. And the other part of, of, of um, so that was, that took care of the deferral. The other thing is the deferrals are a tough thing to do, managing that process. And eventually that money's going to come home to roost uh, against you. Cause if you've, if you've got to the point where you deferred uh, people, but, and they do come back and, and use, uh, they want to use the entry. Well, you might've spent some of that money on shirts or medals that you're not going to get back. Uh, the following year, and, but you're going to have to rebuy for the future year. So, um, so there is a, an issue with deferral that makes it challenging, and also and keeping track of it's it's tough. But the other thing is, with regards to a virtual, we hadn't yet ordered anything. We hadn't done shirts or medals or anything like that because, again, when you're an event like ours, a lot of those purchases happen in the second half of of your of your cycle, and because we didn't have those things available we wouldn't have been able to provide them to people. We would have had to go out and purchase them and then provide them for a virtual. Whereas a lot of the events that do virtual, part of that is just to offset some of their costs that, that um, they're never going to get back. If they had a thousand, uh, let's say an event had a thousand people, cause I can do the math. It's easier. They're <laughs> not going to get a thousand, a thousand people that do the virtual. They may get 500, but they have bought a thousand shirts and a and thousand medals. So they're going to be able to give, 500 of the shirts and 500 of the medals out, but they're going to still get stuck with some inventory that that's unavailable. The only ones who are, are benefiting from the virtual completely as a break even or a money-making event are play are events like Boston, which 
has a built-in audience that will go out and and they'll they'll claim they'll they'll go out on the on the Olentangy Trail and do 26 miles, and they're still going to get the, the 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 shirt and the medal from Boston, and they're going to yeah. they're going to feel that sense of there's such a tradition there that that it's 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 not going to Boston, but it's nearly like going to Boston, and you know other events it's 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 the worst of I mean it's the best of 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 what you can do it's making the best of a situation that you can but it's it's not an ideal situation for a lot of events and unfortunately a lot of events even that have done virtual they're going to they're going to go they're going to fail um we're going to see a lot of races around the country they're going to go out of business uh you've already yeah. seen that with some of the rock and roll events um some of them uh some of the half marathon and marathon rock and roll events aren't going to come back uh they've already decided that they've canceled for 2021 and have and and are unlikely to come back in 2022. That's in I forget where they are specifically, but um, uh, I want to say there might have been one in Montreal. There might have been one in uh, Seattle. Um, so, and I just think that's 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 a challenge. It's um, just like restaurants and some businesses that have struggled and aren't going to aren't going to be able to make it through it. The, the events business is uh, going to go through some similar challenges. Is there anything I didn't ask you about that you wanted to talk about? No, I uh, I, I always appreciate your your questions and, and and your thoroughness. I think we covered, uh, you know, I think we covered it everything. And, and good luck to your to to you for editing. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. I appreciate it. Absolutely, thank you so much. I appreciate it again. I was I was really glad I ran into you. I didn't expect this. I just was glad to. Uh, it was nice to see you out there. Thank you. You too. Bye. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. So I hope everybody enjoyed my conversation with Darius Blackbird. And now to join me for the five-minute cool-down is Deb Chenault. How are you today, Deb? Hi, Cindy. I'm doing very well, thank you. So after listening to... Dara was talking about walking for 12 straight hours and over 50 miles. Do you think that you would be able to do that? I think maybe, maybe like if I was 20 years younger, maybe (laughs) I, but I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I surprise myself with how far I can walk without having any back pain, but I, Gosh, 12 hours, that's a lot. Even at a good pace, that if you, even if you were to say, like, to do, like, three miles an hour, that would still be only 36 miles. He was averaging at 1330. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine doing that for 12 hours? No. <laughs> oh, my no. gosh. Well, and, and all I can compare it to is the two times that I've done – full marathons and they were both somewhere short of seven hours. And I thought, man, I would have had to go twice that length of time. That's just amazing. That's, yeah. And I, I really like his uh, write up about it that he put on Facebook. It was very, very interesting. Yeah, it was. Well, um, now that I have you on the phone today and it, it's just about December, let's talk about holiday gifts for walkers. Wonderful. Well, I I always go through things like socks. So socks would be a great idea. What brand socks do you like right now? I like um my favorite winter socks actually are the Smart Wool socks, really heavy stuff. Um but I recently picked up a pair of um darn tough socks. And I haven't tried them out yet, but the next couple days will be interesting. I'm going to try to get out um, before the, this is going to get snowy tomorrow. I'm going to try to walk out in the snow tomorrow, and I'm going to try those on and see how they work. Well, I've never even heard of the Darn Tough, but Smart Wool are one of my favorite brands, too. I wear them all winter long. But when it's not winter, I really like um, Features. Oh, okay. And I like the, um, I like Belega for the, for my summer socks. I have a pair of Belega, uh, a couple of pairs of Belega and 
it feels like they lost their elasticity and are a little baggy in my shoe now. So I, oh, so that's sort of why I like features better. But let me tell you something about Darn Tough. Um, they have a lifetime guarantee. So if you get a hole in one of the socks, you just return them and they send you a brand new pair. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is awesome. Yes. So I'm excited to try those out. Well, I can't wait to hear about it. I may have to buy a pair. Well, and you know, another, another good gift would be hats and we don't have any brands for that. So just warm hats that make sure they cover the ears. And I'm always, always, always looking for gloves or mittens to keep my hands warm. What are you wearing right now? I, um, well, luckily I haven't had to wear mittens or gloves yet because even though it's been relatively a little bit cooler, even when it starts out cool, I warm up pretty good. So I haven't really tried my mittens on yet. What works best for me are just generic mittens, heavy generic mittens. We do have friends who wear the mittens that have the wind covering. And I think those are really good. Some of my favorite really cold weather gloves are from Eddie Bauer. And I guess I'm looking at them now and it says they have a windshield fleece. And these are very warm on a very cold day. With some hand warmers thrown in that I uh, that I'm always passing lately and I think you know one of these days I'm going to have to get some of these hand warmers hand warmers don't work as well with gloves so mittens oh, really do work a whole lot better right because weren't we weren't we in that um that Lexington what what was the race the world's prettiest half marathon in Kentucky yeah run the bluegrass they run the bluegrass and you had your hand warmers with gloves on. Is that right? We couldn't find hand warmers. We were looking for them, but because it was April, we couldn't find them anywhere. And we were oh. freezing the entire, the entire race. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, oh. another thing that I really think would make a great gift and something I've just started using is a planner. I, I bought one from Commit 30 this year, and it was just a, a generic planner that was mostly for goals. And okay. it's, it's great, but I am only using my planner for walking and, and keeping track of mileage. So for 2021, I bought the Be Strong, and it's a fitness planner, and it, it's undated, so I can start any time, though I'm going to wait until January. But I really, really, really like these types of fitness planners that allow you to put encouraging stickers where you need them and write what, what you need to write on them. And I would really highly recommend some type of a fitness planner. That's really cool. In fact, I ordered, I just happened to order off of one of their Facebook ads, just the um, Commit 30 uh, General 2021 Planner. And I think I think that's going to help me to write things down and start remembering things. Oh, look at they have life to do and work to do. That's wonderful and big open spaces for the dates and oh, monthly goals. This will be fun. Yeah, I I really like it. Oh, I can't wait till January gets here. <laughs> and it's nice that yours is undated so you can start it whenever. Yeah, it and the undated one, it was the prize for the August 30-day, 60-day challenge that Walk Magazine had. Oh, cool. Oh, that's yeah. right. I remember yeah. that. I'm just excited to start using mine. Um, the other thing that I think makes a great gift is uh, gift cards to your favorite running store. And even though we walk, we don't run, we buy a lot of the exact same things. Absolutely. And it seems like a lot of these places, when they, when you buy so many, a certain amount, you get a certain amount free. Yeah. And that's, that's always nice. Well, thank you very much for talking to me, but I wanted to let you know one thing before we go. I recently recorded an interview with Dave McGovern, and he's going to be our next episode. It's It's one of those, where are they now for the writer's 
from Walk Magazine. So I'm really looking forward to having everybody hear my interview with Dave McGovern. Oh, that'll be cool. That should be fun. Well, thank you very much for talking to me. I I look forward to seeing you sometime after the pandemic pandemic is over. <laughs> oh, I know. I miss you so much. Yes. Yes. Thank you. This was fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. The Walk With Me theme song was written by my brother-in-law, Gordon Lehman, and was recorded at Real Time Audio in Denton, Texas. The recording engineer was Eric Delagarde and was produced by Eric Delagarde and Gordon Lehman. Vocals by Whitney Wilson, cello by Madeline Hansen, and guitar and Fender Rhodes by Gordon Lehman. Thanks, Gordon.
And when you walk into my dreams, when you're there, it seems you make me whole. Would you walk with me today? Would you walk with me tomorrow? And if you walk with me today, I'll never cause you any pain. I'll never cause you any sorrow. Walk with me. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. Walk with me. Would you walk?